Welcome back to Half the Battle. I'm your host as always, Daniel Levy, and joining me on this very special UFC 198 edition of Half the Battle is the top master champion himself, Kyle Marley. Kyle, welcome to the show, bro. Hey, man, thanks for having me back. Looking forward to this card. It's a good one, and uh, I'm ready to make Yeah, man, obviously you've got that... Uh... You got that world championship strap on your shoulder, so I know you're ready. I got to ask you a couple questions. Though. I mean, has that uh, has that been sleeping in bed in the middle of uh, you and your wife? Is she handling the fact that her husband is a champion pretty well? Oh, every night he stays with us, the pups, the belt, me and the wife. It's a pretty packed bed, but that's what you got to do when you're the champion, you know? Yeah, man, maybe one day I will hold that belt. The plan is in December to hold that belt. So we're going to have to see what happens. But in order for me to hold that belt, we got to do some winning plays. And UFC 198, there's a lot of opportunities. So let's take advantage of it, man. First up on the card, I mean, holy shit, this is a stacked card, dude. We got Zubera Tukugov. He's minus 165. The comeback on Henato Moicano Carnero is plus 145. I got to say, man, a lot of money came in on Renato Moicano. And, you know, honestly, don't blame people. He is a live dog here. He's one of these guys that, if you look at his record, all his wins are via submission. But it's not like he's just a strictly jujitsu guy. He's the kind of guy that will drop you and then tap you out. His stand-up is not half bad. He's very, very aggressive. And he comes to fight. The biggest issue here is he hasn't fought since 2014. So it makes me ask, you know, the question of, what's he been doing in that time? Has he been taking the time to get better? Has he been dealing with issues outside of the cage? We really don't know what the deal is, but what we do know is Zubera Tugugov, this guy comes to fight every single time. You know, he's uh, obviously, you know how I like to talk about these Russians. He's one of these Russians, man. He likes to circle around the ring, and he's got a really interesting style because he's super athletic. He keeps his left hand down like a boxer, and then he'll just explode with some big bombs, very good takedown defense, unpredictable striker, very dangerous, will to win. So I'm going to lean towards Tugugov here, but honestly – it could be sharp to take a stab on the dog. The only issue is it was plus 175 yesterday. It's plus 145 now. And when I'm trying to look at value, you know, that, that's not that much value. But at the same time, you want to pick winners. And I'm leaning towards Tukugov. It's really tough to pick against him. But at the same time, I want to see how they look on the scale. I want to see if uh, Moicano looks better than he's ever looked, if he has that fire in his eyes. Because, I mean, he is fighting in Brazil. He is a Brazilian. But uh, Tukugov has actually beat a Brazilian in Brazil before. So this guy has no slouch. Who you got in the fight, Kyle? Uh, you know, I like the underdog in this one. This is probably the perfect show to have, have me on because you like underdogs. I got a lot of underdogs tonight. Uh, um, for this fight, I think this is one of uh, maybe the best fights on the card, but the names aren't as known. So I think the line should have been a little bit closer to even. Like, like you said, I think uh, what's his name, Moicano. I think uh, he's got some real crisp boxing. I like his stand up. He doesn't lo- use a lot of movement though. Uh, Takuga, uh, he, he has uh-huh. heavy trying to take the other guy's head off. Um, but I like the other guy. Uh, I'm going to have to take the Brazilian here in Brazil. I still like it at plus 145. I am going to wait till weigh-ins, but I will probably be making a, at least one unit stab on that underdog right there. Dude, I've been thinking about it all week, but like I said earlier, man, since it dropped from plus 175 to plus 145, I'm kind of on the fence, but at the same time, Late money may come in on Tukugov. So we're going to have to see what happens. Also, like you said, the weigh-ins. we got to see the weigh-ins on this one because a guy that hasn't fought since 2014, a lot of shit has changed in the sport since 2014. I mean, I'm not not just talking about Reebok either. You know what I mean? So uh, we got to see what's up. But he is fighting in Brazil. So 
Yeah, it, it's a coin flip in my in my opinion. So usually I take the dog on those coin flips, but Tukugov has been the more active guy. He knows how to win these fights. It's a tough one to call, man. May the best man win. Now next up, we got Sergio Serginho Moraes. He's minus 470. The comeback on Luan Chagas is plus 375. And I mean, what can you say about Moraes? He's a Brazilian jiu-jitsu world champion. And it's interesting because in a lot of his fights that I've bet on him, I'm like, dude, just take the guy down. You have an obvious advantage there. And then he'll stand and bang with someone for three straight rounds. And I'm like, dude, is that a matter of fight IQ? Is it a matter of you want to test different parts of your game? But he does find ways to win. You know, he's a very, very tough guy. And with his opponent, Chagas, you know, it's kind of funny. He's uh, he's what we like to refer to as a jobber. You know, he uh, he's taking this fight. And if you look at his record, you know, it's like my boy Vic was talking about with uh, Almeida, even though I, I think Almeida is a future champion. But the point Vic was making about Almeida is that if you look at his record, he has fought guys that are, you know, two and two, three and five. Four and eighteen, and that's the deal with Chagas here. You know, his only loss is against a guy that's five and seven. Now, here's the deal: he's a complete finisher. Chagas has never been the distance win or lose in his career, and he's fourteen and one for a reason. So, I think he's going to be an exciting fighter no matter what. But do I think he's going to go out there and beat Serginho? I honestly don't. So, Kyle, I mean, who do you got in this fight, bro? You know, I might, I might just tail your pick on this one. I haven't seen much uh, tape on uh, the Chagas guy, however. The big favorite in this one's a big favorite for a reason, so you got to think he's going to come. Um, Chagas has never – he's been in the third round one time in his career. Uh, debut in the UFC, he's got a lot of things going against him here, so i got to go ahead and take the favorite in this one. No bet. Yeah, I mean, if you bet this, I mean, it w- you'd have to do it in a parlay. I know you're not about to lay minus 450 straight, and it doesn't really add that much value to your parlay. I don't think the dog is going to win, but if you know something that I don't know, and I'm talking to the audience here, then, hey, it might be sharp. But the thing is, like I said, you know, his only loss is against a guy that's uh, five and seven. You know, the guys he he's beat are not UFC caliber. So this is a big step up. He took it on short notice. It's going to be a tough outing, you know, to take on Serginho in your first UFC fight under those bright lights in Brazil. And, I mean, Serginho, he's no slouch, man. He beat Neil Magny, I believe, in the first round. And he's beat some studs, man. He knocked out Ahmedov his last fight. He's getting better every single time. So let's look for Serginho to put on a showcase here. Now, next up, man. Damn, this shit is getting good, bro. This card is fucking stacked. Francisco Masuranduba 3 Naldo, minus 240. The comeback on Yancey Medeiros is plus 200. Now, I got to say, man, I've been super impressed with Ronaldo. He's getting better every single fight. He, uh, You know, at one point, I thought that he was past his prime and he was kind of declining a bit. I was looking to fade him, and then he puts on a five-fight win streak. So, I mean, the guy's an absolute monster. He's a southpaw. He's got a big left hand. He's got a lot of power. You know, before he started his UFC career, he was actually a world champion kickboxer, and a lot of that didn't translate at first because – he would kind of grind guys out. But now that I guess his takedown defense has gotten to the point where he's able to show off his striking in there and the way he mixes it up to the body. I mean, this guy is devastating. You saw that first round knockout of Chad Lepree. You saw that three round ass whooping of Ross Pearson. So Ronaldo is no joke. Now the thing with Yancey, it's one of these situations where, you know, I hate saying shit like which guy's going to show up because I feel, I feel like it discredits the opponent. But with Yancey, it is one of those cases. I'll, if Yancey shows up at 100%, he took this fight seriously, he does have a path to victory. It's just a matter of, you know, is he going to show up overweight? You know, is he going to get knocked out in the first round? Or is he going to go out there, you know, use that long-range uh, jab, you know, throw those straight punches, throw that nice spin kick? and potentially work his way to a decision here. There is a chance for the upset, but if you're riding on momentum, you got to take Trinaldo. The thing is, man, 
you know, sometimes it's about who shows up. Like last week with Gunny and Tumenov, man, you know, we all had Tumenov. And the thing is, you know, props to everyone that picked Gunny there. But the thing is, Gunny looked better than he ever looked in that fight. So sometimes you can't predict when a guy is going to make huge improvements and rise to the occasion. That's what Gunny did. So I want to know if uh, Yancey is going to show up better than he's ever looked and take advantage of the fact that Trinaldo is, you know, a 36-year-old aging competitor. But it's very tough to pick against Trinaldo. At the same time, when I see plus 200 or better, I am tempted to take that shot. What do you think, Kyle? Um, I like Trinaldo here quite a bit, actually. Um, Yancey's never fought in Brazil. I don't think it's a very good fight for him for his first fight in Brazil. Um, it's a bad matchup. I think Trinaldo has more power on the feet. Uh, he can control where this fight goes on the ground. I think it's his ball game. He does whatever he wants to Yancey. Uh, Yancey's only shot is to just keep it boxing. He's got to just keep moving, hit and move, hit and move, um, and maybe pick up the decision because Trinaldo's never been knocked out. So I have to lean with the favorite in this one. Minus 240, uh, I mean, that's about right. I, I wouldn't be afraid of taking that in a parlay, which I might actually do with someone later in the card. Yeah, man. I, I mean, I honestly don't blame you, but uh, I made a – you know, a deal with myself that I'm done with parlays forever, even though, you know, we'll see how we'll see how long that holds up. But, uh, you know, it's funny. I looked at my numbers and basically I have a lot of success on my straight plays and, you know, not so much success on my parlays. So what does a champion do? A champion adapts and overcomes. And if I if the numbers, you know, on the parlays are killing me, then I got to adapt and overcome. But at the same time, it's tough to pick against a guy like Trinaldo. So I might just have to, you know, sit out and watch this one as a fan. But when I see plus 200 or better on a guy that I know has a chance that he shows up at his best, I might take the shot. But once again, let's wait for the weigh-ins for this one before we make a commitment. Now, next up, damn, dude, I keep saying it, but this card is so fucking stacked. Antonio Hogeria Noguera, Lil Nog, he's a plus 215 dog. He's taking on Pat Cummins, who's minus 255. And here's the deal with this fight. Pat Cummins is going to take him down. That's for sure. There's, look, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll bet you a lot of money that he takes him down. The real question is, what happens after he takes him down? Does he hold him down? Because Pat Cummins' top control actually isn't that good. His takedowns are incredible. He can pick you up. He can slam anyone on their ass, and he can do it multiple times in a fight. The thing is, his jujitsu is not very good. He's not that good at holding guys down. And when you talk about a guy like Lil Nog, I mean, his jujitsu credentials are obviously, you know, top notch. The thing here is, how old is Lil Nog? You know, and I'm talking about fight years, not actual age. You know, is he aged to the point where, you know, he can't get back up from that takedown? Because, look, if he does get back up and it becomes a, a striking match, he's going to piece up Cummins. That's just how it's going to go. It's just a matter of, can he get back up? I really don't know if he can get back up. That's why I'm not too crazy about taking a shot on the dog. And, you know, one quick example, when Lil Nog fought Shogun, not the first time, but the last time, you know, Shogun took him down the last two rounds and actually kept him down. So if Shogun, who's a non-wrestler, can do that, I do believe someone with Pat Cummins' credentials can also hold him down. But, I mean, that's uh, that's MMA math right there. MMA math does not work. So I'm not too confident in it, man. It, we could have a live dog here if he's fired up and he's able to get back up from the takedowns. The question is, will he get back up from the takedowns, Kyle? Oh, man, I, I do like the dog a lot here. So I think he will get back up from the takedowns or maybe even get a submission on the ground. Uh, that wouldn't shock me. Um, this one's in Brazil. Again, I like to favor Brazilians in Brazil. Nogueira has 17 more fights than Cummins. 
He's got so much more experience with much better guys. He's going to piece them up on the feet. As long as it's on the feet, he's going to box them up. He's going to have no problem on the feet. Cummins boxing is terrible. Um, he, he's good at takedowns. He averages like seven takedowns a fight, which is pretty ridiculous. Uh, so he, you're right. He will get it down to the ground. Um, but I just don't see him being able to hold it there for 15 minutes. I don't see him finishing Nogueira. Um, and when you tell me Nogueira is way better on the feet, I don't think on the ground he's a plus 215 underdog. So I will 100% be taking a shot on that one, two units maybe on Nogueira. Um, the, the price can go down quite a bit, and I'll still take it. I like Nogueira a lot here. And I'm yeah, usually but- not on Nogueira. I'm usually betting against Nogueira. So this is, uh, this is weird for me. And the Tao Masters talking me into it. Has uh, Pat Cummins cost you money in the past? No, I mean, neither one of these guys. I have no bias against them betting-wise. I just – I have been watching some uh, film today, and, man, I'm usually not very impressed with Lil Nog, but I just feel like this is a good matchup for him. And in Brazil is another big big point. If this was in America, people love the Nogueiras in Brazil. 215 on the plus side, I got to take it. Dude, I might have to take it, too, after you just, uh, you know, broke it down for me like that. The thing is, man, if he if he starts getting taken down, you know, in the second or third round, and he doesn't get back up, I'm going to be fucking pissed, man. I'm going to be screaming at my TV because you know how it gets with those wrestlers, man. They, uh, Especially the relentless ones like Pat. The thing with Pat is, like you mentioned, his striking defense is – I don't want to talk too much shit, but, you know – there's a reason why he gets black eyes on both eyes every single fight. It's because he blocks punches with his face. And uh, you don't want to block punches with your face against a guy like Lil Nog with his boxing. So it's a matter of, is he going to get back up? I hope he does because I want you to cash that plus 215 on Hogerio. Now next up, once again, the card keeps getting better. John Lineker is minus 170. The comeback on Rob Font is plus 150. Now, a lot of people are acting like – Lineker is the L word, a lock, and there's no such thing as a lock in this game. And the thing is, people are letting their love for Lineker affect how they pick this fight. Look, I get it. Lineker is exciting. You know, how can you not love John Lineker? I mean, the dude's five foot two, and he knocks out dudes that are way taller than him, you know, and he's just, he's just got such an aggressive attack the way he mixes it up to the body. He swings big, wild hooks. He's a killer be killed kind of guy. You got to love a guy like John Lineker as a fan. But as a betting man, you know, there's something about Rob Fawn I really like. He stays disciplined with his game plan. He moves around a lot, which he better move around a lot in this fight. If he tries to go toe to toe with John Lineker like uh, Cisco did, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be pissed off, man, because I am taking that shot on Rob Fawn. The thing is, Rob Fawn and Cisco. I bet against Cisco every single fight because I mean that dude. You know, you, you know what the deal is. We've spoken about it many times. But Rob Fawn's got way better fight IQ than Cisco. He's not a brawler like Cisco. He's a pinpoint striker, unlike Cisco. And I think that's going to aid him here, man. He's got to move around the ring. He's got to run around. He's got a pot shot. Got a one-two. And then when uh, Lineker commits to something big, that's when you catch him and put him down. So, you know, will he put him down? I mean, the thing is, Lineker has got an unbelievable chin. We got to make sure our cardio is on point here, man. We got to run around that ring, like I said, and pot shot this little dude. And if we do, I think we'll catch that big upset. So I took the plus 175. Currently, it's plus 150. I wouldn't go much lower than plus 150, but, hey, it's still there. So take it. What do you think, man? Uh, close fight. Looking forward to this one a lot too. Um, I originally thought this was Lineker. Definitely not a lock. I never thought that, but I definitely thought my money was going to be on Lineker. So I hit him at minus 150 at the opener. Uh, but man, these last few days I've kind of been leaning more towards Font. 
So I actually took him at plus 180. So if he wins, I win a couple bucks. If he loses, I don't lose. So I'll take that at least. But I do think Lineker, Lineker picks this win up. Well, minus 170 is a little too steep for me. I think uh, Font is really good at using his, his height and his reach. He's going to do that here. He's not going to get suckered into a brawl like Rivera did. Uh, although, I mean, in Brazil, those those fans are going to be cheering every time they do get into a little bit of a brawl, and maybe he will get suckered into it. But I don't know. I think he's a little too smart for that. So he does have a pretty good chance of winning here. However, it's in Brazil. Like I said, I got a favor of the Brazilian. I'm going to pick Lineker, and I'm going to stick with basically my no bet. Yeah, I mean, you can't bet that minus 170. That's that line that bites you in the ass long term. So, you know, hopefully the dog comes through here. Now, next up, man, Tiago Maheta Santos, minus 400. The comeback on Nate Marcourt is plus 325. And, dude, when uh, Tiago Moretta came out in his last fight against uh, Elias, dude, in his walkout, I was fucking scared. I was like, this dude's going to come out here and kick me in the body. And then just the sound that those – body kicks make man you cringe when you when you see that shit you know that sound man that when he kicked up who, who was that one dude that he kicked in the body really damn hard and put him down um, uh, Marcos I, or something? I know he knocked out a uh, bossy oh, with the hip kick but who's the dude he kicked in the body and we were just like like uh what's his name honey marks is that yeah. is that the dude marks, dude, marks. Yeah, uh, dude we gotta talk about that because look honey marks at at the time he was a high prospect he was minus 800 minus 900 you know nova and yaga he weighs in at 190 for a middleweight fight you know he had a little bit of brazilian barbecue he completely mm-hmm. underestimated tiago Moheta, and then he took that big body kick that baseball bat to the liver and he went down just like they all go down now the thing here with marcourt He's an experienced vet. He's been around the block once or twice, but he is on the decline. You know, he's at the tail end of his career. But, you know, he surprises a lot of people. You know, I know some people that uh, parlayed C.B. Dalloway and uh, lost their ass on that fight because Marquardt, just right when you think he's done, he knocks someone out. But I don't think he's knocking out Tiago Maheta here. I think he's going to eat a big body kick. And the question is, is he going to go down from the first one, from the second one? I'm not really sure, man. What do you think? You know – I'm gonna. I might have to lean with the dog again on this one. Um, Santos, we all know it's the kick you got to be worried about. Nate's no dummy. He knows that kick's there. So the one thing you got to stay away from is that kick. If you can keep it inside, I think his boxing can be better than Santos. Maybe he can out wrestle him, make it dirty on the cage. Um, but the line is out of whack on this. I don't see uh, Santos being a a legit minus four hundred in Marcourt. Uh, even though it is in Brazil, I usually lean with the Brazilian, but plus 325 might have to take a one-unit stab at that. Haven't yet. I'm going to check out weigh-ins, see how Marcourt looks. But I think minus 400 is just ridiculous. Uh, with a vet like Marcourt, Marcourt has lost as many times as Santos has fought, period. <laughs> so he's got like 36 more uh, fights and experience alone. Fought way better competition. I think he's going to play this smart, pick up a decision here. I'm, I, I recommend a one-unit play on that, plus 325. I love it. I mean, I don't blame you in terms of the number. I mean, the number is right to get to take that shot. But the thing is, obviously, I told you earlier on the show, I'm not. I'm done with parlays, dude. So I'm not parlaying Tiago Maeta. So, you know, if you cash, you cash. But how do I see it going down? If I'm being honest, I think he's going to land that kick. And I do not think that Marquardt has the heart or will to, you know, either get back up or, you know, put on that poker face. I do think if he eats one of those, he's going to take a knee and look for that door. But, hey, man, best of luck to you taking that shot. Like I said, no play for me. Now, next up, another uh, 
you know, mismatch on paper, but who knows what the fuck's going to happen, right? We got Worley Alves minus 650. Expect him to be minus 850 come fight time. He's taking on Brian Barbarena, who's plus 475. Now, Barbarena's a really tough dude. You know, he's one of these guys that he'll take everything you have in that first round, and then once you're gassed because you threw everything at him in that first round, that's when he comes back and puts that pressure on you in the subsequent rounds. And you saw that in the Chad LaPree fight. You saw that in the Sage Northcutt fight. But now he's fighting a completely different animal in, in uh, Worley Alves. You know, Worley is an absolute monster. And the one criticism that Worley has had was his cardio in that Juban fight. And you know what he did since then? He comes back and he completely destroyed Nordin Taleb and Colby Covington since then. He looks to me like he's improved his cardio. Uh, you know, I, obviously the Colby fight did end in the first round, but the Nordin one did go into the second one. In the second round, he looked just as fresh in the second to me as he did in the first. So to me, that's the sign of someone that addressed their weakness and is looking to get better. But if his cardio isn't on point here, Barbarena could take over late. But for me, it's like, Barbarena is simply too small. You know, he's a lightweight fighting at welterweight against a natural welterweight that could fight at middleweight. And I think the size difference is going to show here whether he gets caught with that signature guillotine or not. You know, that's neither here nor there. But I do think Worley Alves is going to win this fight. Who do you got, man? I think you said it perfectly. Um, the size difference, I think, is going to be huge here. Um, and like you said, Barbarena is tough. I mean, that's what he is. He's tough. Uh, but... Alves is no Northcutt. He's not tapping to what Barbarina had him in. Uh, he's going to get out of that, probably. Uh, I don't even see him being in that position. I think he dominates this fight. Minus 650 is a uh, – it's not terrible, actually. That's who I was actually thinking about parlaying with Trinaldo. But that's still a little bit high. I don't know. We'll have to see it. Hopefully one of those lines goes down a bit and I can get it closer to even odds. But I like Alves – Ronaldo parlay, maybe even throw uh, another big favorite on there if you want. We'll see. <laughs> hey, so out of those two, who do you think is the most likely to fuck it up? Uh, Ronaldo. I got to say Ronaldo, but just because I mean the odds are are closer, and I mean they're they're legit in that fight. I think uh, if Ronaldo was more than a minus three hundred, that would be a little too much. Um, but. If Alves was a minus 300, I'm taking that straight all day. So I got to say Alves is way more likely to win. Well, I mean, Trinaldo opened minus 175. He's currently minus 240. So, you know, it might not be long before he becomes a minus 300 favorite. So we'll have to see what happens there. Now, next up, another one of these uh, mismatches on paper. We got Cyborg. She's minus 1,700. And the comeback on Leslie Smith is plus 1,100. Now, you know, you could warrant a shot on the dog. The only thing is I think she's going to lose this fight. But if Cyborg was fighting like Kat Zingano or someone like that, dude, I would totally take the shot because, in my opinion, Cyborg is overrated. I do not think she's the number one women's fighter on planet Earth like everyone else does. You know, if you watch some of her fights in Invicta, yeah, you just watch the highlights. It's violent, but you watch, like, the first four minutes and she's getting clinched up against the fence. And she's not the monster that everyone thinks she is. Now she's – Fighting in the UFC for the first time under USADA. She's cutting to 140 for the first time. You know, this fight she's going to win. But, man, like I said, if she was fighting Kazangano and it was plus 1,100, dude, I would take that shot all day. The thing with Leslie Smith, yeah, she's super tough. But she's not anywhere near as technical as Cyborg. She's slow. She's stiff. You know, she's a, she's a journeyman for the women's fighters. But, hey, I'll, I'll root for Leslie Smith here because it would be awesome if she got that upset. Do I think she has it in her? I don't. What do you think, Kyle? No, nah, she doesn't have it in her. This is set up for Cyborg 
to get that win and an impressive win at that. Uh, Smith is tough. I mean, honestly, the only shot she has of winning is being tough. Because Cyborg is going to 140. We don't know how that's going to go. If somehow Smith can tough out that first round, and then Cyborg slows down a bit in that second round, and then she doesn't get killed there. In the third round, maybe she's actually got a shot. However, she's a decision queen. There's no way she's going to get a decision over Cyborg. I like the under. I like Cyborg TKO. I like Cyborg. He's winning this fight. This is awesome. Now, this next fight is very interesting. We got Damian Mize, minus 325. The comeback on Matthew Mortal Brown is plus 265. Now, on paper, this is a bad matchup for Matt Brown. We all know that. He knows that. I mean, you heard it, his interview on Half the Battle. I mean, he said it straight up. He knows this is a bad matchup for him. But Matt Brown's a very mentally strong guy. And he brought in Jake Shields for this camp. We all know Jake Shields beat Maya. Jake Shields does what Maya does. He's relentless. And uh, that's someone really good to work with for this kind of fight. If thing with Matt Brown is... When you see a plus 265 next to a guy like Matt Brown, he always has a chance in a fight. It doesn't matter who he's up against. I know this is a terrible stylistic matchup for him, but, dude, Matt Brown is not a plus 265 in any fight, in my opinion, in the welterweight division. Now, plus 150, okay, then I might lay off. But when I see plus 265, and I know it's going to be upwards of 3-1 to one come uh, after the weigh-ins or fight time, I'm taking that shot, bro. Whether it's a unit or a half unit, follow me on Twitter to find out. But I'm going to take that shot and hope that uh, he, that Maya doesn't tap out Matt Brown. I want to see Matt Brown go out there, be relentless, circle a little bit. Don't just get in Maya's face. you got to circle a little bit, throw that big elbow, make him shoot from a mile away. Maya has a tendency to gas later on in fights, and Matt's known for his cardio. So, dude, you got to survive that first round, Matt. Then after that, if we can make uh, Maya work for those subs and work for those guard passes – then we can gas him out. Then we can tee off on him in the later round. So that's the path to victory for Matt Brown. It's just a matter of avoiding, you know, the fucking unbelievable ground game of Damian Maya, which is very hard to avoid. I completely know what I'm up against here, but I'm willing to take the risk. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, this is your typical striker versus grappler matchup. On the feet, this is Brown all day. On the ground, Maya dominates him. I don't see Brown having any luck on the ground. However, can he keep it on the feet is the question. At plus 265, I may be willing to take that shot. I'm thinking, you know, what will happen is Maya will see Marquardt backstage and remember getting knocked out uh, early in the first, and then he will just be terrified the rest of the night. Matt Brown will, you know, pick him apart, somehow get that first-round TKO before he even gets him to the ground. I have no idea. I don't know. But plus 265 on Matt Brown, I got to take it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw, like you said, a half unit, maybe a unit. I do think Maya does get the win, but the odds are are a little are a little crazy maybe because Matt Brown is a beast. He can he can put Maya down. Um, pick would be Maya if it was pick him, but I gotta take a stab at Matt Brown. I like Matt Brown. Let's do it. Yeah, I, I mean, like like you said, dude, plus two sixty five on a guy like Matt Brown, he always has a chance in a fight. It doesn't matter who he's up against. Like we said, this is a terrible stylistic matchup for him. He knows that. We know that. But with that said, a fight's still a fight. He still had a full training camp. He knows what he's up against. So uh, go out there and knock him out, dude. Let's cash this plus 265. Now, next up, man, we got a legend in the house. We got Mauricio Shogun Hua, or as they like to say in Brazil, Mauricio Shogun, plus 210. And Corey Anderson's minus 250. Now, here's the deal with Beast in 25-8. If this fight gets to the later rounds, you know, it's going to be one of those sad situations where – 
Shogun can't get back up to his feet and he gets grinded out and you're like, you know, people start calling for him to retire. But dude, in that first round, we have a chance here to cash an underdog play because Corey Anderson is known for doing the chicken dance in fights. He's known for not having the best chin. I know he's only been knocked out once, but look, Jean Vellante knocked him out in his last fight against Tom Lawler. He was doing the, the chicken dance in that first round. If you do the chicken dance against Shogun, he's going to put you away, dude. That's just how it goes because the last thing they go for a fighter is their power. I know Shogun's way slower. You know, he's older. He's even chinnier than he used to be, but the guy has heart for days. He'll try to win the fight at all costs. It's just a matter of uh, that cardio. You know, we can't. We got to knock him out before we gas out. You know what I'm saying here, dude? We got to knock him out before we get taken down and get grinded on. So what I did was I took a half-minute shot on the Shogun by KO prop at plus 400. It's currently at plus 500, so you'll get even better value there. And I'm just hoping that we get that first-round KO. I understand if this gets to the later rounds, what's going to happen. You know, it's I'm, I'm not a dummy. But I also understand that Shogun only wins via KO, even though his last fight he won by UD. But that's that, that's a different story. He only wins by KO. And if he's going to win this fight, it will be via KO. So I took the shot on that prop. What do you think, man? I, like, I definitely like the prop a lot. Uh, however, I don't even think that's his only way to victory. I think he could snag a decision in Brazil, uh, maybe a close decision he could get. Uh, Anderson is definitely up and coming. He could take it to the ground and just kind of keep him down there, wrestle him, you know, beat him up a little bit and get the decision that way. I don't really see him finishing Shogun. But like you said, plus 210 on Shogun in Brazil. Shogun can knock out anybody. He's been in some of the greatest fights of all time. Five rounds with some Warriors. So I don't really see too much of a problem going three rounds with Corey Anderson. Uh, like uh, like I've been saying, a lot more experience. Fought the better competition. Plus 210. Why not? Let's take a stab at Shogun. I do like your prop. Like you said, plus two, uh, what did you say, plus 500 now for KO? I like that a lot. I'll, I'll take a stab at that as well. Let's do it. Hey, hey how, how nice does that belt feel on your shoulder? Oh, uh, it's real. Nice. It's weighing me down. It's pretty heavy, though. I mean, I don't know. I wish someone else would be able to feel how heavy it is, but I'm somehow going to come back. I'm going to win again. This is going to be my next year, too. Well, I, I got good news for you, man. I know you said it's really heavy. So the good news I have for you is that you won't be having another one on your other shoulder. So, you know, we'll alleviate the pressure a little bit. And uh, I'll, t I'll take that from you in, in December, bro. So, you know, enjoy the next couple months. But, uh, no, it looks good on you, man. And I I'm proud of you for winning that. I don't like telling grown men that I'm proud of them. But I am proud of you. Now, next up, man, we got the co-main event of the evening. We got Ronaldo Jacare Souza. He's minus 320. The comeback on Vitor Belfort, or as they like to say in Brazil, Vitor Belfort is plus 260. And once again, man, it's one of those situations where the line is at that point where I took Vitor via KO, plus 400 again. You know, I understand that if Jacare takes him down, chances are it's going to be over pretty quick. But a lot of people overrate Jacare. A lot of people don't think he's chinny. I think he's chinny. I mean, George Patino knocked him out. Who else knocked him out? He got knocked out another time. Gegard Mousasi knocked okay. him out. Yoel yeah. Romero almost knocked him out he had him doing uh that chicken dance badly and yoel gassed himself out trying to knock him out which was actually impressive that uh jacare survived that here's the thing with vitor vitor has a signature blitz in that first round dude if you can survive that first round vitor most likely you're gonna win but if you can't he's knocking you out i mean you look at his career he basically only wins via knockout. I know outside of the UFC, he had a couple decisions. I know he tapped out Rumble Johnson. He's not tapping out Jacare. If he's going to win this fight, it is via knockout. 
So I took a half unit shot on the plus 400 KO prop, and I'm hoping we don't get taken down and get tapped out. So let's knock him out. What do you think, Kyle? Um, unlike the last fight, I think you're right on the prop, but that is his only way, uh, the, the knockout. I don't see him getting a decision in this fight. Um, but plus 260 on Vitor in Brazil. The guy's 6-0 in Brazil. Uh, so I think I think he does catch him in that first round with that blitz. So take, give me down for that TKO prop as well. However, if he doesn't get it in that first round, maybe early second round, we we are in trouble. Um, and then it definitely shifts over to Jacare's way. Maybe a, a second, third round submission if you want some better odds. Um, but he could even get the decision. Who knows? But we need to go for that. What'd you say? It is that the, the TKO right now. When I played, plus it was plus 400. I'm liking it plus 350. I'll take that. Uh, plus 350 on, on Belfort. KO, let's do it. Yeah, let, let's knock this uh, shinny guy out, man. Let's put him away. If you had a pick I'm between... on Jacare also. If you had a pick between two animals and you had a young lion and an alligator, <laughs> who would you pick? Oh, man. I don't like fights between animals. I don't even want to think about that one, you know? But you got to go with the lion, you know? Absolutely. We do have to go to the line. And just for those listening, I don't like fights between animals. Either. <laughs> As you can see, I have many animals. I'm an animal lover. But, I mean, come on. We got the young lion, old dinosaur versus the alligator. And we're going with the lion here, man, via knockout, hopefully in the first round. Now we got the main event of the evening. We got Fabricio Vicavalaware Doom, the UFC heavyweight champion. He's minus 150. The comeback on Stipe Miocic is plus 130. Now, when I was thinking about this fight in my head, I was making these comparisons for Stipe to a guy like Bisping or a guy like Frankie Edgar where, you know, he's known for his cardio. He's known for his pace. He's known for his output. He's kind of like a volume fighter, but he's got power because he's a heavyweight. I was actually incorrect when I compared him to Frankie Edgar. You know why? Because you go back and you watch that Junior Sigano fight. What was Stipe's downfall in that fight? It was his cardio. So he's actually not the cardio machine I thought he was, man. And the thing with War Doom Back in the day, he used to be the guy that would pull guard and smile at you and, you know, tell you to come into his guard. But now his stand-up's gone to a level where you don't want to stand with this guy either. He's got very long-range strikes. You know, I think the leg kicks will be a big factor in this fight. His tie clinch is nasty. You know, when I was breaking down the fight with Kane, I was like, all right, well, if Kane stands with him, he's got to deal with the Muay Thai. If Kane uh, tries to clinch with him, he's got to deal with the knees. And if uh, Kane tries to take him down... He's going to get tapped out. But Stipe has something different going on here. He's got the footwork. He's got to move around the ring. He's got a pot shot. You know, hopefully drop him with a straight right if he wants to win this fight. The thing is, if he shoots in for a takedown like he did against Mark Hunt here, he's going to get caught with something, man. Where Doom is nothing to fuck around with on the ground. We all know that. We know he tapped out Kane. We know he tapped out Fedor. We, he tapped out Noguera for, for fuck's sake. You know what I'm saying? Where Doom's an absolute monster. Oh, and the way he knocked out Hunt, we got to talk about that. So he sets Hunt up, you know, he, he shoots for a really sloppy takedown to make Hunt think that he's shooting for the takedown, and then he does it again. But this time, instead of shooting for a sloppy takedown while Hunt was preparing to defend, that's when Fabrizio threw the big flying knee. So, I mean, the guy's a very smart, tricky fighter. He's very deceptive in there, and he tricks guys and finishes them. Stipe has to have the performance of his career here. Now, I do think Stipe is a live dog. I don't really like the plus 130. I'd rather it be, you know, plus 160, plus 170 if I were to take that shot. But he's definitely live here. I have to lean with the champion, though. I think he's better everywhere. You know, he's in Brazil, and uh, he's going to win this fight most likely. But I'm not counting Stipe out one bit. Who you got, man? 
Um, well, I was on Verdum over Kane, actually, and that was a big reason that bumped me into first and Toutmaster on my way to get this belt. Um, but, like I said, man, I'm here tonight to give out dogs, and I'm taking one more. I'm taking Stipe in this one. Um, it is in Brazil. I've been talking about Brazilians winning in Brazil the whole night, but I like Neosic. Uh, his boxing's going to be much better than Verdum's. Um, Verdum's just going to be kicking it a lot. He's going to try and keep it on the outside. Hopefully, Miosic will do something stupid and he can get him down to the ground. I think that's what he's hoping. But I don't think that happens. I think Miosic will piece him up. Um, maybe he could put him out. I don't know if he puts him out or not. However, I mean, if he gets a decision, Stipe by decision right now is what is it? What? Plus 328? I thought that was like <laughs> plus 800 or something. Maybe not. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. Stipe just put with the plus one heavyweights of all time. Uh, he's our only champ not to wear a Reebok fight kit. So who knows how that will affect him. You know, if he's looking down at those ugly shorts, maybe uh, maybe that will affect his game and he'll get knocked out in the first. But I will be betting a lot of them on a lot of them. And Toutmaster, let's take one more. There's something about that want to to get the belt, um, and I think Stipe's got it. For Doom's already had it. He's he's comfortable. He's having his camp at home this time, maybe distracted by family. And uh, Miosic wants nothing more than this belt, so I think he's going to get it. And uh, I'll take a stab at that plus one thirty. Dude, I don't disagree with you one bit. I think that hunger and will to win goes a long way in this sport. Stipe is a very live dog. I just personally want a better line. If I'm going to take that shot, I mean, I'm obviously, like I said, I'm not playing where doom. I'm not parlaying shit. And if I was to make a play here, it would be on Miocic. But man, I want something better. I want plus 150 at least, maybe even better. But I feel like, you know, in a way, maybe I'm asking for too much. But dude, this is a good fight. And uh, Stipe has to have the performance of his career to win this fight. He can't uh, fuck around and hope to win a split decision. He needs to put where doom away, in my opinion. What do you think about that? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's definitely his best chance to victory is to put him away in that first or second round. But, man, I, I could see him getting a decision here and just keeping it on the feet. Verdun went five rounds with Travis Brown and couldn't submit him. Uh, the first and the second round, while he was fresh, he had three and a half minutes to go on top of Brown. Couldn't finish him. So I think uh, Stipe can stay out of that as well, maybe get back to his feet. Keep a stand as long as he can and, and win a decision or a TKO victory. He did beat the brakes off of Brown, though. So the thing is – Oh, he know, did. Yeah, he could – and, you know, it's funny. I did uh, – you know, we were talking about parlays. This is real funny. I did a little 10-team parlay on that card, right? And I got nine of the legs correct. And then it comes to the main event, and it was oh. a really – it was such a dumb play on my part to put Brown there. I mean, this was a while back. And, you know, what happened happened is what it is. But, dude, this is a different matchup. You didn't with hedge? Uh, no, I don't hedge, bro. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, it is what it is. Um, this is a tough fight to call, in my opinion. It really is, dude, because, like, where Doom gets better, but so does Stipe. And I know Stipe has addressed the cardio problems he had in that Cigano fight. That's why he was able to go out there against Mark Hunt. And in his last fight, who did he fight in his last one again? Arlowski. Right, yeah, yeah. Exactly, and it's Arlovsky fight, but still, I mean, he knocked out Arlovsky in under a minute. You know what I'm saying? It's not like he went out there and uh, went toe-to-toe and, you know, took some shots and gave some shots back. He just went out there and finished him, like, straight up. 
So it's going to be interesting. You know, another thing that's really cool about this fight is if he drops War Doom, War Doom, you know, off his back, he's super cocky. He's going to be smiling at him. He's going to be waving at him to go in there. And my question is, is Doom going to back up and be like, come on, dude, stand with me? Or is he going to, you know, get emotional and dive into his guard and try to pound him out? You know, there's so many factors here. So it's dog or pass, but, dude, I would not be surprised to see the champion remain the champion. But I also would be surprised to see a new champion here. So... I'm passing unless the line gets better. We got to talk about the fight to watch and the fighter to watch. So first up, man, the fight to watch for UFC 198. What is it, Kyle? You know, I'm going to I'm gonna be weird here and go with that very first fight. Uh, I might even need you to say the names here. Takuga versus Moikano, whatever it is. I like that fight, man. I'm, I'm excited about these two young guys. Uh, I think they're both up and coming. They'll both be great. In a few years, um, it's just time to see who it is. And I, I like that dog in Brazil. So that's my fight to watch. That could even be a, a big money fight of the night kind of prop if you want to take it. Yeah, I mean, Tukuga versus Moicano, that's the kind of fight that it is the first fight of the night. But you better be tuning in, man, because these two are going to throw down. It's going to be a real fight. You know, and it's not going to be any uh, hugging against the cage or any shit like that. The crowd's going to be very excited. So definitely watch that fight. My fight to watch is John Lineker versus Rob Font. Look, you got two exciting strikers in there. Both look for the knockout, but both have different styles. You know, John Lineker, like I mentioned, he's one of these short, stocky dudes that likes to charge in there with big bombs. He likes to knock people out. He's a fan favorite. And Rob Font's a really smart fighter. He uses that footwork, those long-range strikes. So we'll see who the better man is. That is my fight to watch. Who is your fighter to watch, Kyle? Oh, so many. But... I got to go Vitor. Um, off the TRT, we assume in Brazil, Vitor, how's he going to look? Is he going to get that knockout or is he going to be the Vitor that everyone's fading right now, the, the soft body Vitor that is going to get finished, quit maybe? Uh, I don't see him quitting, but he's my fighter to watch. I think he's still got lethal. I see him working this week. Knockout plus money. Let's go. Yeah, and I mean, I expect him to have a soft body, but that doesn't take away his killer instinct or his KO power. I mean, he can still knock anyone out in the first round. So it's just a matter of going out there and doing that. And my fighter to watch is Matthew Immortal Brown. Look, he's got the worst stylistic matchup possible in front of him. But if he goes out there and he can defeat Damian Maya, he's going to be one step closer to a UFC title shot. Striker versus grappler, definitely tune in to Damian Maya versus Matt Brown. Now, Kyle. I want to thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me right here, right now on Half the Battle. You know, you're welcome back anytime you want. The belt looks good on you. The belt will look really damn good on me. And just let the audience know where they can follow you on Twitter and what you got coming up, bro. Uh, yeah, at Big Marley 3 on Twitter. Um, definitely uh, loving this card. Let's hit those dogs. I'd like to give a shout-out to you. Thanks for having me back on the show. I appreciate it. Love being on. Uh, also, of course, would like to give a shout-out to the MMA Analysis Crew. For the belt, check this bad boy out. Tout master, everybody. If you're not in it this year, get in it next year. It's the best contest in gambling for MMA there is. Um, and if you win it this year, your name is going to be right here, right there under mine. Hopefully, it'll be my name twice. But let's make this the biggest contest there is. Um, we're sponsored by MMA Oddsbreaker. Uh, so thank you. Shout out to them as well. Um, thanks for it. Everybody's shout outs on Twitter. All the congratulations. I love it. Uh, and thanks again for having me on. Absolutely, man. It's my pleasure. Shout out to those guys. Really good dudes. 
And yeah, thank you to all the fans for tuning in. I sincerely appreciate it. Follow me on Twitter at Best Fight Picks and subscribe to Half the Battle on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube. And until the next time, enjoy the fights.